Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. All right, I have in my hot little hands, on my medium size, we did the hand comparison thing. We don't have it's to weird, do I'm not doing it again. No. Mm. And you were surprised at how big my hands were. Well, I mean, after I saw you holding a bad bat. <laughs> it just goes my hand. That's, some, that's unbelievable. <laughs> Stop it. Oh man. You know what they say? Those that those that can do, those that can't broadcast. It's like, it's like, is this right? Yeah. Am I holding it right? Those that can do, those that can't teach or broadcast. Huh. Think about that next time. You can drop that in somebody next time. No. They think it's really deep. It's not they think true. It's really deep. It's true. They'll think it's really deep. <laughs> Uh, we're giving you a chance all year long to win Blue Jays tickets here on Blair and Barker, whether you listen on the radio or on our podcast. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question to 59590. I'm not, I would not have gotten this. I'm just, I'm going to. I would have. Oh, bull. Because we did it in here. You were picking guys who hadn't played for the team. <laughs> You were picking guys who were dead when it happened. Give Leave me it a to break. you to rat me out. Leave it to Today's you. Today's question is to win tickets to the White Sox and Jays at the Rogers Center on Tuesday, May 31st. This player won the World Series MVP award the last time the White Sox won it all. Again, this player won the World Series MVP award the last time the White Sox won it all. Text your answer to 59590 for your chance to win tickets to the Jays and the White Sox down at the Rogers Center on Tuesday, May 31st. Before we get to Dale Scott, by the way, oh, I've got to do it. I've got to do those sort of the little thing. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590, and we'll have more tickets to give away next week. It's it's like the whole this, you know, this baseball broadcast is brought to you by. I got to talk a little bit about uh, Josh Donaldson. We mentioned this over the weekend. Josh Donaldson and Tim Anderson got into it. Josh Donaldson called Tim Anderson Jackie in reference to Jackie Robinson. He claimed it was an inside joke. Our friend Liam Hendricks said, dude, there's no such thing as an inside joke when the other guy hates your guts, which is true. Something to keep in mind. Words to live on. That's a fact. And then then he doubled down by saying that, you know, I've talked to guys in four different clubhouses, and he basically Uh, throws JD under the bus. He was a J once. Yeah. So uh, anyhow, uh, he has been suspended by Major League Baseball for one game as a result of inappropriate conduct and comments. Uh, Josh Donaldson is appealing the one-game suspension. I don't know what's going to happen. Typically, when guys get a suspension for something and they appeal it, the game gets, sometimes, if they're lucky, it gets cut in half. The suspension gets cut in half. Mm. That's, you I, said something dumb. Wear it and move on. Yeah, and, and you know, I, this is one of those things he... he he apologized, but Aaron Boone and Aaron Boone said it right. It's just it. it there's no need to go there. That is the best way. That's to well it. said. There's no need to go there. I mean, there just isn't. There are a million things 
you can call someone. He's if feeling you want. frisky because the Yankees are doing well, and he thinks he can say whatever he wants well, to no, say. I, I talked to someone about this. At his heart, Josh Donaldson is a smartass. <laughs> no, I mean, I listen. We have all felt it. Right? <laughs> uh, we have all had Josh Donaldson say something smartass to us. We just have. I didn't mind because it was Josh, and you were going to see him in the clubhouse later on. And like I said, I, it's how you deal with me on a professional level I'm concerned about. Josh was great professionally. He, I had never had an issue with Josh professionally. With me too. But, and yeah, but he would, you know. Say some things. Uh, he would say some things. Turn he'd, your head sideways. He, he, you know, he, he'd look at your clothes and go like, yeah, he'd never do that to mine. Did you look at? But, did you look in the mirror before you left? I mean, he was just—he would—he was a smartass. He—he—he he, he enjoyed it, and 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 God love him. You could fire it right back at him. You could fire it right back at him as well, as long as, you know, you that was dumb. The right time, but that was that yeah. was dumb. Anyhow, so Josh Donaldson is uh is, is appealing his one game suspension, and I can just you know that's one of those things the commissioner's office would, and I'm sure the Yankees are saying the same thing. Just get it, you know. Move move Why on. Why do we have to talk about this? Move Don't on. do that again. Yeah. Anyhow. Uh, so there you go. That's a little bit of news I wanted to share. Well done. The Yankees lost to the <laughs> your Orioles. My Orioles. How about it? Because you know you're going to be you're going to be a whistling a different tune if their uh, if I their record's wait, better than you know who's. Oh man, the Orioles. I've as I predicted. I was telling you, you folks did, all you along. Did. I believe in Adley Rushman. Uh, yeah, I do. He I is too. the real deal. He is the real deal. Uh, they're breathing down. Well, they're not really breathing down the Jays next, but they're they're all this time. You know, I mean, it just tells you. And I know Dale Scott's waiting. We'll get to him right away. But I, I know all all this time we're talking about. Boy, I can't wait until we get to the Orioles. Get through the uh, tough part of the schedule, and then get to feast on teams like the Reds and the Orioles. Can't wait for that. Blue Jays don't care who they're playing though. Doesn't matter. They got a man in second. <laughs> right now, does it? it if. <laughs> If they come to the plate and there's a man in second base, everybody's Garrett Cole. Everybody they're facing is Garrett. It doesn't matter who it is. It's Garrett Cole. It just is. So, anyhow, there you go. Um, we'll uh, we'll talk about that a little later on as well. This is uh, Dale Scott, former MLB umpire, joins us on Blair and Barker. Dale, thanks for joining us. Trust you're doing well. Always good to talk to you. Um, as soon as I saw your tweet, and what day was it? May 25th. I've got it right in front of me. May 21st. 9.25 p.m. Um, and for those, uh, I'll, I'll send out the, the tweet. But it was an example. You had a split screen example of the on-screen fake strike zone and what MLB umpires deal with. Now, I got to tell you, until Jeff Passan wrote an article a couple of weeks ago saying that the strike zone that umpires are graded on is actually different than the strike zone we see on TV. Like... I hate this. First of all, I hate the strike zone on TV. I always have. I watched enough baseball. I, I can I can tell what's an obvious strike, what's an obvious ball, and I can also tell when an umpire's missed a pitch or he's you know if he's adhering to his strike zone on that day. I I'm I'm a dinosaur, Dale. I don't get wrapped up in the strike zone. Barker kills me, but I don't get wrapped up in the strike zone. But I I gotta ask you this. You know we're showing the same damn box in our telecast. We already know that nobody uses that to evaluate umpire. Why are we doing this? If it, it's meaningless, well, uh, it's like I could go up there and put a, a I could put a box half the size up there if I wanted to. 
Well, well, uh, there's a lot to chew there. I, good morning, uh, Jeff and Kevin. How are you? Good. good. <laughs> I'm out, I'm out here on the West Coast. I haven't had any uh, coffee yet. But, uh, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I get worked up about that though. It drives uh, me nuts. Up. He gets fired up. Well, listen, guys, I get fired up, too, a little bit, um, because you're exactly right. We, the umpires are evaluated on a much more accurate, much more um, uh, uh, researched, or I'm not sure of the right word. Let me put it this way. When, when I would work a game, uh, like on a Tuesday night, I didn't get my results until Wednesday. And the reason I didn't get them, like, immediately or whatever is because uh, MLB will go through every game uh, any of the, of the pitches that shows it is a miss, they, they go in and make sure that the high-low lines of the hitter are drawn in correctly, uh, are drawn correctly, I don't <laughs> are drawn in correctly. Yes, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and because, it, you know, because the lines can be inaccurate when just taken from a, from a shot. And remember, uh, the strike zone high-low lines uh, can change not only with every hitter, but with every pitch. If if a guy uh, squares to bunt, his strike zone, you know, and and, and stays uh, squared, his strike zone, his high low line is going to be a little bit different than if he's swinging away. So so these so that changes. You know, it, like I said, could change every pitch. It certainly changes every hitter. But the stuff that you see on TV is just a it's just a facsimile of the strike zone. This is not a 100%. You know, bet your house on. Uh, accurate uh, zone and 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 the the tweet that I put out and those two pictures of the exact same pitch, a three two pitch in a uh, Cardinals Mets game from two different telecasts and uh, you know obviously one was the Mets telecast one the Cardinals and and the zone the the little box zone had on the exact same pitch a different outcome one had ball four the other had had strike three and that was what I was trying to do is just prove the point. <laughs> that this is not gospel what you see on the screen. I'm like you. I, I wish they would do away with the on-screen uh, you know, box. Maybe if they're uh, showing a, a pitch over, you know, they can use it or something. But to have it on every single pitch, because what happens is the viewer, no fault of their own, but that is their gospel. That is, that is the strike zone. And if they see a, a pitch that's just a tiny bit off the line outside – and, and and it's called a strike. They mean, oh my God, he missed that. That's terrible. That's horrible. You know, I can't believe he called that a strike. You know, when when even if, even if I'm being generous and the zone on the screen was 100 percent accurate and 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 you're just a just a titch off that line, uh, you know, we're talking maybe a, a quarter of an inch or something on a on a on a moving you know 92 mile an hour fastball, and 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 all of a sudden the umpire's an idiot. So um, I, I I'm not sure if I buy the whole logic logic, but. The, the whole point of the tweet, guys, was to let people know that these things are not 100% accurate, and they could vary from telecast to telecast. Yeah, we had uh, an interview with Morgan Sword last year. I think we were talking to Morgan Sword, and, and, and one of the things we were talking about was the automa- automated balls and strikes system. And actually, I'm sorry, right. it, was, it was during the offseason. And, and, I, and, I, and I asked, you know, are we going to see this come to the majors at some point? And, but it was interesting hearing him talk about the strike zone and he said one of the issues with the abs system is he said we we kind of need and and i'm i'm hoping the commissioner's office does is that i think we need to look at the strike zone um because he said for the abs system to work properly it's almost and i think this gets to your point about high low lines you can't have a perfect square. You've almost got to have it squished a bit, and it's almost got to be oblong for the yeah. for it to register correctly 
on well, the ABS. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, guys, I, I think this um, automated strike zone is going to come to the big leagues. I mean, they are certainly interested in getting it up there. Um, I, I don't know how that's going to, you know, you know, go, but, but I think you're hundred percent right as far as I think, and I don't know, I don't have any inside information. This is just my opinion, but I, I think they'll have to change the definition of a strike, uh, to help conform to this ABS system. Um, because, uh, otherwise I think this system is going to call pitches strikes that nobody, mm-hmm. Nobody wants to have strikes, uh, first of all, and 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 that'll cause some real some real issues in the game, you know. And and then and then there's the uh, the further point, just of a, a baseball, uh, you know, fan or purist or whatever, um, is you know the whole philosophy of well, this this game, uh, this uh, pitching must be exactly 100% perfect, but the players. Uh, are not 100% perfect, but everything's, you know, I, I, I have, you know, as a, a former umpire, I have, I have all kinds of issues and all kinds of questions about the uh, ABS system. But to, to, on this topic, you're on, on the on the on-screen strike zone mm. and, and, and the ABS coming. I, you know, I, I really do think that the definition of a strike may have to be uh, tweaked a little bit to, to, to conform to what this system or how this system calls pitches. Dale, I, whenever I was listening to you talk there about about how you guys get uh, graded, I was thinking to myself, if if I'm a umpire, I'm chapped. Like I, just because of they're trying to bring in a different strike zone, they're trying to get a computer to do it. But you're telling me that we're doing a good job, but nobody knows that. We only know because we see that box mm-hmm. that we don't think umpires are yeah. any good or they miss big time calls. Is is that an uproar with the umpires going? Hey, why don't you guys tell the truth? Make sure that they well, know that we're doing a good job. Yeah, well, uh, you're you're correct. I mean, I mean, the now I've been out of the game here for a few years now, but uh, the last uh, combined uh, score for the entire staff for for an entire season that I remember uh, was like a ninety-seven point one or ninety, you know, somewhere in the ninety-seven percentile. Is that perfect? No, it's not perfect. Okay, and 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 if anybody. It says that they have to be 100% perfect, or it's not, they're not worth their salt. Well, then I, I think we'll never get there. But uh, but that's not a when you when you talk about the tens of thousands of pitches that are called in a in a year, um, you know that's a pretty good percentage. Now, obviously, when you if an umpire when I missed a pitch, uh, you know a two two pitch with nobody on, and, and the first hitter is a third inning of a game in April. A lot of people aren't screaming. When I miss that same pitch in October, um, I, you know, I'm strung up. So, uh, you know, when, when an umpire does make a mistake and miss a pitch, it, it's, it's very situational. It, it could be, a, you know, the same exact pitch, but in two different situations, and one of them is under a microscope and everybody goes, goes crazy. Uh, so, you know, there's always that. But, but you know, when we're graded, we, like I said, they have to draw those high-low lines and to make sure they're accurate for each pitch. Uh, that is that, that is the that the system says that you know that we missed and just make sure that that's correct. And then you do have and and again purists or or, or or people that don't maybe understand this, but you do have at times what we call catcher influence uh, pitches, where a pitch might be at the very outside corner at the knee and 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 kind of you know on its way uh, toward, even farther outside and toward the ground, and the catcher lunges at it, catches it. You know, a lot of times an umpire is going to call that a ball. Technically, it might have been a strike, but it, it, it's 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 just accepted in the in the major. Basically, if you called that a strike, that would not be accepted in the major leagues uh, with with a pitch like that. Some people just disagree with that. They said if it's a strike, it's a strike. It doesn't doesn't matter where it's at. And, and in theory, that's right. But 
but a lot of times an umpire has two uh, two things to do. He has the he has the uh, the science of the of the game and the art. The science is the nuts and bolts of the rules and how everything is you know works. But the art is is, is uh, putting those rules into practice in a common sense and fair play uh, situation at the major league level. And and that's where you know our judgment and, and things come into into play. The, the ABS has no judgment. It is whatever it is uh, told to do. That's what it does. And I'm just not sure if that's the answer everybody thinks is, you know, is going to be, uh, you know, great for baseball. I'm just not sure. Dale, Dale, if you don't mind me asking, everything's based on numbers. When I was a hitter, the more hits I got, the more money I made. If you were an umpire behind the plate, you, obviously you wanted to get 100%. Sure. But when you got your grade, was there a number that you went, yes, I had a great day behind the plate? Yeah, you know, I... I, I always, I always wanted for my, for me personally, I, you know, a 96 on up was, was, was what, if I didn't make 96, I was upset. Now, depending on how many pitches you, you call in the game, you know, uh, uh, you know, you could have a, a 95, let's say, and you only miss, uh, you know, five pitches or something in the entire game or whatever. Uh, but, but the percentile, I wanted to be a 96. Up. I, I got to say the younger umpires do much, much better on these, uh, you know, automated strike zones, or uh, than the older guys like like myself before I retired, and and I think you know part of that is this younger group has uh, grown up with video games and and smartphones and things that they've been on, and and uh, just have a uh, a better uh, you know grasp of, of of that type of thing. But but again, you know, guys, do I want to umpire for a computer or do I want to umpire a baseball game? Uh, using you know my experience and, and and everything to to you know for the whole you know total package. I, I again, yes, we walk out there wanting to be a hundred percent. We ne- you never want to miss a play or a pitch. I mean that's, <laughs> but but we also walk out there understanding that uh, things happen and and you're, what you're trying to do is just take every play and every pitch one at a time. You know if I. If I, you know, ball a borderline pitch, maybe I could have struck it. Uh, you know, okay, that pitch is over now. It's the next pitch. I can't worry about that one. It's the next one now that, you know, I want to get right. And, and, and that's your mindset as you just go through and, and call a couple hundred pitches a, a game. Um, but it's, you know, it, it's it, a lot of guys are a little concerned, yeah, about uh, the, how unfair, um, you know, it's not, it's not like the umpires are saying uh, we shouldn't be graded or we shouldn't be uh, judged or whatever. But but it seems like it's it's pretty unfair when you see, especially some of the stuff uh, online and these uh, um, uh, scorecards and things that have just horrendous uh, numbers. And I'm telling you guys, if if those were the real numbers that MLB sees every day, um, it would be a difference. So that's not that's not what they're getting. That's not the numbers that are being graded out. Mm. Yeah, one thing that I, that uh, has really sort of intrigued me in over the past couple of years is we've talked an awful lot about pitch framing and you referred to you know the the work how catchers can influence a call how as an umpire dale do you guard against getting influenced by the catcher like if a guy has a reputation as being a superb pitch framer does that change the umpire's approach on that on that particular yeah. night or do you have to kind of block that out well it it, it really doesn't but I, I think there's a misconception on framing a little bit i um uh, a good receiver will, will, and I like to call, <laughs> for better lack of a better word, but, but, but will massage the pitch. In other words, he'll he'll take a, a borderline pitch and he'll just very slightly uh, catch it very very softly and 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 not make a lot of movement and really uh, present that pitch 
that's a, a borderline pitch, you know, pretty well. Mm-hmm. Framing a lot of times is taking a pitch that's out of the strike zone and trying to influence by by you know the the catch and move kind of toward the toward in, you know into the strike zone. And and quite frankly, the def, that definition of framing doesn't do anything to umpires because if I have a borderline pitch and I see that the catcher then catch and move, in, you know, back like it's on the outside corner and back, you know, back toward the plate. All that tells me is he thought that was a ball and he's trying to trying to influence the strike. It, 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 it's almost reinforcing the fact that that was not a good pitch. Um, and but when you one of the best receivers I ever had, and I'm, I'm going back into the vault here. But my, when I first started was Bob Boone. and Bob Boone, he made everything look good. I mean, he mm-hmm. just he just had a way of receiving the ball. And that and, and to me, that's the big difference. There's framers. And there's good receivers, and they present the ball. And 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 again, none of this is going to do any good uh, on pitches that are you know a couple inches outside of it. I mean, that that's not. The, we're talking the ones that are could go either way. I mean, they're very close outside corner right in that uh, borderline area or, or borderline uh, knee uh, pitch, and and they will receive the ball and present the ball in such a way that it's not it's not this uh, 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 obvious frame, but it's it's a, it's more of a like I said, massaging the pitch just ever so slightly that makes a borderline pitch look look a little bit better. Dale, really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much. Thanks Great a lot, insight Dale. as always. Great stuff. Well, thank you guys. And remember, I got a book out now. The umpire is out, so check it out. We will do that for sure. Thanks, Dale. Thanks Be well. a lot. Dale Scott, former MLB umpire, and yes, the uh, book title is "The Umpire Is Out," and uh, you can get it wherever wherever well, you can get it online. You can certainly get it at bookstores as well. Dale's actually doing a tour. Um, uh, book signing tour right now. That was, it, it, you know, and we talked about Dale Scott. He was the umpire behind home plate for that that playoff game against the Texas Rangers that that kind of went down in in Jay's history. And uh, the guys at Sportsnet did a uh, did a piece on that, kind of revisiting it. And I mean, Dale Dale is kind of. Dale's one of the umpires that, you know, you always talk about maybe put a microphone in front of them and all mm-hmm. that. He is a guy that, that was pretty pretty well respected around the game because he was willing to explain things. Sure. And his manner on the field was You could go up to not him. confrontational. I asked you, why. You probably, why why yeah. did you call that? Oh, this is what I was thinking. I just I, I wonder why Major League Baseball's watching that box. And not making the box exactly how they're getting graded. Why? Why is that? Like it's well, almost it's like they they want as, to bring in that. Well, this is a different strike zone. This was the point that that Jeff Passan was making in his article. Is there is a, a there's a percentage now the 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 tweet that Dale sent out actually showed it was the strike zone of two different telecasts, the Cardinals telecast and the Mets telecast, both using a box that to the viewer looks the same. But on the one telecast, it's clearly a ball. It's a good inch to inch and a half to two inches above the strike zone. The other telecast, half the ball is in the strike zone. So, but Passon's point is that, you know, we have these things, umpire's auditor and umpire scorecard and all that. That doesn't really matter because at the MLB office, they are using a different, they're literally using a different diagram to determine how good, the umpires have been. Mm. And I think Passon said there's like a percentage difference on the edges. And as you heard Dale say, you know, the strike zone adjusts, right? If I if I go down like that, my strike zone's going to be more different than if I'm standing upright. And guys do change every now and then. 
So that's what I'm saying. I, I, I that's it's just a bugaboo I have with 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 the strike zone because there's so much conflict in the game right now mm-hmm. for good reasons, but there's so much conflict in the game right now. It's 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 like throwing out creating another reason for it seems silly. And even if you look at the umpire auditor scorecards, I'm glad Dale made this point. Well, we have the scorecard from last night, Edwin Moscoso. His overall accuracy, he called 156 of 159 taken pitches correctly. Called ball accuracy was 97%. Called strike accuracy was 100%. His overall consistency was 97%. He had two called balls inside uh, the, the umpire's zone, three call balls outside. 97% is pretty damn good. It's not bad. And and what Dale said that I found interesting is true. A lot of the younger umpires, we've talked about this, eh? A lot of the younger umpires are, let's just say it, they're better than some of the older guys. And I wonder if maybe the fact that these guys have come up and they're kind of used to technology and, you know, we talk about how, playing a lot of video games changes the way the brain processes things and strengthens strengthens some aspects of it and damages other aspects. I, I just say, I, I think maybe it's something we, we kind of need to keep an eye on, but he's right. And eventually we're going to have automatic automated balls and strikes. And the umpire behind home plate is going to get a buzzer. That's going to tell him that's a strike and he's going to go strike. Um, For me, when I watch but, games, I don't think the umpires today are better I just think they they are not a certain umpire. Like when I played, you knew umpires were low ball umps. You knew That's that umpires point. were, they'd give you a little in off the plate, but they're not going to give you Very any true. away off the Very plate. True. And that box meant absolutely nothing. You had a specific umpire to a certain part of the zone. Low ball up, high ball up, give you a little away, won't give you in. Like you knew going Listen, in I can remember, what you had to protect with two strikes. I can remember when anymore. they had two different two different umpire like sure. two different leagues and two American different league umpires. Mm. And, you, and people always used to talk about mm-hmm. that's, that's a strike in the National League. There that's you go. a strike. Thing. I mean, God, if we had that now. Fastball league, he- breaking head, ball league. If we had that mm-hmm. now, the heads ex- heads would be exploding on TV every night with the strike zone. They really would. But, you know, it's, it, it, it's interesting, and it, and it is coming. And, and um, you know, as it, I said, I, I just it, it has started to be a little noticeable that the younger guys generally seem to be the guys who score better. And it's funny because I remember, I'm sure John Gibbons, if he was here, could tell you, there was a time where managers used to not like having young umpires because they'd, they'd frankly get the red ass a little more than the older umpires. You knew what you could say to Joe West when you were mad to get tossed. Like if you wanted to get tossed, and you know, Jim Fergosi tells a great story about the number of times he wanted to get tossed. That he's, I just couldn't stand the game. So I'd go out and I'd start screaming. And basically I'm, I'm screaming and I'm saying, throw me out, throw me out, please throw me out. Look what I got on the mound. Throw me out, please throw me out. You stink, throw me. There are things you can do to get tossed. And, and, and guys knew this with different umpires. There were places you were go, could go, buttons you could push. But a lot, for a while, a lot of the young guys that came in to get their backup, would get their backup when you did. Giant egos. Giant egos, and and mm-hmm. you know a lot of the young umpires now. I mean, they're they're not uh, they're not wilting flowers. Well, were they going to hit somebody? No, but I'm just saying. Uh, anyhow, so it was an interesting discussion That's... with Dale Scott. The umpires out. It's a, a great book, mm-hmm. and uh, always appreciate Dale's insights.
Benji Molina is a St. Louis Cardinals radio analyst, former MLB catcher with the Angels, Giants, Rangers, and, of course, the Blue Jays. Benji Molina joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, 7.45 tonight will be the second what? game. And I think it's 7.45. have to be up late man. again for Blue Jays talk. Hopefully this thing don't go Should have action. joined us on Blue Jays talk last night. We were on fire, man. Well, Barker was on fire. Till his phone died. <laughs> what thing? Till his phone died. Anyhow, uh, we'll be on Blue Jays talk tonight following the game. And uh, I'm usually not shy on those shows. No, you you were you were going. You were you had a lot to talk about last mm. night, man. You had a lot, a lot to talk about last night. You were texting and tweet and not tweeting, but texting tweeting. and FaceTiming during the game. Anyhow, the uh, Jays, of course, losing seven three to the St. Louis Cardinals last night. A walk off grand slam <laughs> by Paul Goldschmidt. And uh, God, it seems like I mean, it seems like we spent three hours breaking that breaking that pitch down, breaking that at bat down. Um, the St. Louis Cardinals are they right now twenty four and eighteen. Um, they just kind of keep going. I I, I think you said they kind of remind you of the National League's version of the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, there's different things, different organizational philosophies, but bottom line is. The Cardinals always seem to have an answer. That's well said. They just do. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'm sure there are Cardinals fans out there who'll say, well, you know, it hasn't all been, you know, it's not like there have been an endless amount of World Series parades, et cetera, et cetera. But the Cardinals are always kind of a factor. And if they're not a factor, you always think that they're just kind of the, um, the next, uh, you know, the next game away. Um, our next guest is uh, no stranger to Toronto. Uh, he uh, was with he was a catcher with the Toronto Blue Jays. He's also caught for the Angels, the Giants, and the Rangers. He's Benji Molina. Um, he is the St. Louis Cardinals radio analyst. Benji, thanks so much for joining Kevin Barker and myself today. Uh, we trust that you're doing well. Look, I know that um, that Yadi was placed on the uh, bereavement list the other day. I'll just ask how are how, how is Yadi doing personally? Uh, first of all, Kevin and Jeff, uh, thank you so much for having me in, in your show, man. It's a it's an honor to be on your show. Um, Yadi's doing good. Uh, his son was having a state championship game and he hit a double. Nice. Uh, when he slide, when he had uh, slide in the second, his uh, elbow, uh, he did a little fracture to it oh, that no. needs yeah. and yeah that needs surgery. So oh. he wanted to be there, you know. So the surgery either happened uh, last night or he was being prepped for today. So I haven't talked to him yet. You know, he was pretty bummed about it, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what we are right now with that situation when Yadi left the team, you know? Yeah, we'll give him, tell him we're thinking about him. We hope, we, hope his, uh, we hope his son gets, gets up and at it as, uh, as soon as he can. Is his son a catcher? Yeah, he's a catcher. He likes to pitch. <laughs> they, they put him everywhere. Usually, uh, usually in Puerto Rico at that time, at that right. age. Um, 
obviously you play everywhere, but, but he's mostly a uh, pitcher and catcher, yes. I'm going to ask you a very simple question, Benji. How does Yachty do it? Like, how, how, does he, um, how, does, how does he have this career with all that squatting and throwing and thinking and hitting and mm. all the stuff that goes into being a catcher, man? How does he do it? I'm going to tell you what. Um, first time I saw him fully was when I coached him in 13. Um, uh, the work that he puts in the, every morning, he, whenever he wakes up, he just puts his shorts on, shoes on, he goes and, uh, and runs three miles. Uh, that keeps the body going, uh, keeps the body and muscles strong. I think his work ethic, it's second to none. I don't think anybody can work harder than that guy. Uh, Body-wise, right? Uh, obviously, his mind is way, way over any mind that I have ever seen in baseball. Uh, he's very smart uh, baseball uh, kiddo. So, uh, But I think it's work ethic, man. I think he works his butt off to be in shape. He, he knows he's going to catch almost every game until this year, you know. Obviously, he's not catching as much. But uh, but before, man, everybody asked me the same question. I'm going to give you the same answer. I think his work ethic, uh, the gym uh, does a lot of work. Uh, he takes care of his body. He eats well. Um, so I think it's all those combinations, you know, that combined uh, makes him uh, who he is. Benji, Jordan Hicks is throwing tonight, I believe. Uh, what should Jays fans expect from him? Um, well, first of all, fire. Uh, that's, a, that's a first thing that they should be looking at. Uh, pitches around 98 to 100 miles an hour when it's a fastball. And not only not only that, guys, uh, the ball freaking moves. Hmm. It's not a straight it's not a straight machine ball, you know. It's a, it's a sinker. Sometimes it's cut at 100 and some. It is crazy. His lighter is so short. Uh, it's so good. It's so hard to hit. Uh, whenever he's on, he. Uh, I think they're building him up to be a starter. Obviously, I like him as a reliever, but he uh, he could be a starter. Give you four or five. He's so young. He's so young, and he, he still have his strength. So, but you should expect that. You should expect a, a lot of a lot of a speed on the gun. You know. Benji, do you think catching in today's game is easier or harder than when you caught? Um, I think it's easier, and the only thing I say that, uh, and I know it's not easy, easy. It's just saying a little easier. It's because the guys, most of them, throw hard, and you're just only catching them. They're always almost telling you what to throw. It's not like before when you had Roy Holiday. You had to be in tune with him. You almost had to be smart like him uh, or whoever it was, you know, in that case, when I cut him in Toronto, you had to be almost smart like him. And if you're not smart to call the game, he'll call you out. He'll go to you and say, hey, man, why do you call that pitch? That pitch doesn't go in that sequence. And you're like, holy crap. You know, so you have to be, you have to have your thinking pants on because, but these days it's more like, okay, this guy throw hard. Uh, they don't control the ball as good. So it's either middle or ball most of the time. Uh, you know what I mean? Like catchers, I mean, I mean, you still have to do your thinking. I'm not trying to take anything away from these catchers you know, these young days. But but I think uh, yeah, I think it's a lot easier to catch right now. You know, you have just minimal calling games. Hey, is it easier to catch velocity 
than movement? You know, in other words, is it easier? We had, believe it or not, we had Joe West on <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, and we asked him a question about whether, and you know, you can insert the joke wherever you want, but we asked him whether it was harder for an umpire to call velo or whether it was movement. And he said movement was much harder to call than velo. Uh, is this the same thing for a catcher? Well, I think uh, what Joe is giving you is that he was 55, 60. So, and, and it's hard. These, these young guys are, yeah. you know, 20, 25, 30, yeah. 35. So they can see the ball probably a little better yep. than Joe did. Um, I think it's, uh, for me, the movement obviously, obviously makes it hard to catch. But once you get used to these kids, it doesn't matter if he moves or not. It's just the first couple outings that you got to get used to a guy that moves it and throws it hard. Other than that, it's it's not it's not as hard as a straight fastball, you know. Benji, I'd love I'd love to get your thoughts on Vladdy. Vladdy's been struggling lately. Looks like he's trying too hard. Is there anything you you you've seen from him? I know you've only seen him one game there up close, but is there is there anything you've seen mechanically from him? Does it look like he's trying too hard? What are you seeing from Vladdy? I think what Vladdy's going through right now is the guy behind him is not doing it's not doing as hard as he was. So the pitchers and the teams are considering that, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's when you become a hitter. It happens here too. When when we have a young Yepes, uh he, he came in hitting a thousand, you know, and he kept hitting a thousand, a thousand until the team said, Hold on, we don't have to pitch to this guy because the next guy it's Dickerson. Mm-hmm. The next guy it's Pujols, which we all know that Pujols these these days is not the same guy as he was when he was young. Uh, he's still dangerous, or, or whoever it is behind him. So the the teams are doing the same thing with Vladdy. So they're like, okay, Vladdy's gonna hurt me, and let me tell you what, no, you're gonna we're gonna pitch him tough. We're gonna throw him around the plate. If he chases, he chases. If he if not, he goes get the wall, and then we face whoever's next. And this in this case, the chat is the one who needs to get hot. Everybody's worrying about Vladdy, but Vladdy, he's going to do his thing, man. He's a stud. He's a freaking stud. You guys have a Hall of Famer, a future Hall of Famer in your team that is starting his career. But the guy after him, whoever it is, has to be hot. So the, the team is like, okay, we cannot pitch around Vladdy anymore because the, the guy next to him is, is, is hot. And we don't want that. Like yesterday when, when I was surprised that they pitch around Sosa, Mm-hmm. Uh, before Vladdy, I'm like, Sosa wins my game. He kills me. He's going to win my game, not Goldsmith. So when, when they walked Sosa, we all knew that uh, we didn't know he was going to hit a – Goldie was going to hit a, a grand slam or anything like that, but we had a good chance that mm-hmm. Goldie was going to do something. So, um, so those are the things that I mean by having a smart catcher, by having a smart – uh, pitching coaches and, and things like that, you know, they'll be all over those things. Uh, if you notice our team here in St. Louis, they do that. Yep. They will not let you beat – they will not let the main guy beat you. And they will let uh, Kurt or they will let Bichette or they will let somebody else beat you. But when the time, uh, crunch time comes in, Vladdy's uh, not going to beat him, a Springer's not going to beat him, and whoever's hot is not going to beat the Cardinals. So you, you'll see. Benji, uh, you've had a chance to see Nolan Arenado an awful lot, and you've also played with a lot of great players. Where would you put him in terms of his abilities on both sides of the ball? Oh my gosh, he's, he's a tough. I was um, that was my one of my favorite guys to watch, man. I think he's in it, you know. 
it's in the game uh, all the time. I think it's awesome in defense. We we don't have to say anything mm-hmm. on the defensive side. He has like like a thousand platinum gloves, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, and he can hit. He's shown he can hit over the years. It doesn't matter where he is. Yeah, people are saying that Colorado, Colorado. I don't, I don't, I don't see that man. That guy can hit. In period, he's a good player. I like him a lot. He's in the top, uh, top five third baseman for sure. I think Chapman. You guys have a good one. He haven't, he haven't done uh, offensively as you guys expected, but defensively, there's none, none better than those two at third base, man. They're, they're really good. Benji, really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much. Great to uh, great to chat again. Great stuff. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I love the city of Toronto, man. I hopefully make it back there. I when I play in 06, we had a good team, but we we love the city. So um, hopefully uh, we'll get to, to see you guys over there, man. Thank you for having me in the show. Absolutely, awesome. we'd love to have you back. Take care, man. Thank you, Benji Molina, the St. Louis Cardinals Spanish language broadcaster. Um, he was. So much, he was just so much fun to cover. Like he was, how about that with Yachty though? Yachty's got a son who's, who's a catcher and a pitcher. I mean, that's, that's about right. That's, that's, that's exactly what you thought he would be. Yeah. It's a great answer. I was kind of hoping he'd say, no, he's a shortstop. And I go, <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. No. yeah, you didn't know that's going to be the answer. I, I love the answer he gave for, with Blatty. I, that, it's always nice to hear what somebody else thinks about what Vladdy's going through because we see him every single day and it's breaking down the mechanics and all those things. And he took it a little different way. He, uh, protection actually matters. That's the first time we've heard that all season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know what time it is? It's time for Barker's Back Leg Bits. I don't know who he was praying to, but Barker's like, get up, get out of here. And the guy's right at the fence. Like, I got this one, you know? The umpires would throw the balls out. Like, hey, Barker's up. Bring in the six balls. We need the dead ones. Bring in the dead ones. Hey, Bark, why don't you just not worry about it? (laughs) Yeah, my reaction needs to be edited out of there. Mm. Uh, Barker's Back Leg Bits is the time of the show where we uh, go through my DMs. And uh, and uh, find questions for Kevin to answer. Uh, I've, I've we, we've got a ton. Uh, several people want to know what you would do in a slump. What I would do? Like you know, we've heard the stories. A, I was a big music guy. That that was uh, whenever I was in a slump, I lost my rhythm and timing. Rhythm was a big part of that. Uh, you know, just the the flow of an at-bat, and that can happen. I talk about that stale statuesque thing mm-hmm. that a lot of guys go through. They get very – they'll walk to the plate, and it's like Siddle said. They basically set it because I've been working on it so much in the cage that I know if I set it here and I don't move it, everything will end up to where it should be ending up when that's not the case. You need to have that good rhythm. And I was a big music guy, finding that song that would give you a little bit of a – Mark DeRosa talks that about, about that a lot, and that's something that I went through, and a lot of good hitters trying, especially when they're something, trying to have that little rhythm, to just get a little bit of that, the, the, the movement in your body, like that, that flow, right? It's the, so when I walk to the plate, I can just picture that song, I can hear that song in your head, and you have that little, that like little rock, like mm-hmm. I just can't wait to, everything's just going to go towards, I just want to absolutely annihilate that baseball, and you got to have rhythm. It's can't walk to the plate, sort of like Vladdy looks. Stand there and wait for him. Guys throw too hard to do that. It's no trigger then, and then everything is very robotic. And 
very methodically thought out in your mind that, oh, I got to go here, I got to go there. What song? I, it would be ACDC was a big one. Like oh. it would give you, it would give you some. Yeah. Like I, 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 can rem- I can remember one time at AAA, I was in Louisville. I was like over 25. I actually had the headphones, the the little box that you have yeah. in my back pocket with the with the buds in my ear, and then I would flip them out walking to the plate, just so I could have the. Really? All yeah, because right. I, I was trying to go to the big leagues. So and I thought because I, I'd been there and done it before, I knew what it felt like. You got to remember, too, Vladdy's never struggled like this. He has no idea how to fix it like because he's not been there and done it before. Uh, I, can I th- – there are uh, – well, I'll, I'll get to, I mean, several people talking about Vladdy. Uh, would you sit him? Nope. Uh, give him a day off? I Nope. I, I'm with you. I do think you – I honestly believe you – He goes, they go. Exactly. Exactly. I Without him, they're not going to the playoffs. Elizabeth and Victoria, it's becoming – it is very quickly becoming midseason. Well, it's not there yet, but it's – Feels like it. Feels like it. And this team is nowhere near midseason form. Does it feel like someone needs to be held account- accountable for this utter disappointment? I know if we can stay above 500 and then go when it comes together, we're going to run. These wins a lot up, and I believe the Yankees won't stay at this pace. I happen to be with you on that. Great point. But every day that hope gets buried a little deeper. Also a silly one, is Barker going to go all Will Smith and the next guy that soaks Hazel? The answer to that is no. No. She, she has her job, I have mine. And, and, uh, and, and Hayes can I've handle, been told to stay out of that, so Hayes can I will. handle herself, too. Absolutely. Uh, but the, uh, the, the, the question about... Um, accountability, and this gets to, honest to God, Kevin, I mean, one, two, three, th- th- six of them, fire the hitting coach, fire the manager. Not sure what that's going to do I, because they're just going to, ha- they'll have another voice, somebody else that'll come in and have something else to tell a guy that's struggling when, again, it gets, the, the best teacher is yourself. You mm-hmm. should know because you've been there and done it before when it comes to failure. And a lot of these guys that are young that matter the most on this team have never failed before. Lenny's never failed. He's never went through slumps like this where he knows that if I go do this drill long enough and I, if I think of this, it's like the little music thing, me standing on the on-deck circle. Probably meant nothing. Yeah. But because I was listening to that, it told my mind that gets my mind off of what I'm trying to do when I go to the plate. Jordan wants to know... Is it time to bring up Moreno or Martinez? And, you know, he gives us the numbers. Martinez is hitting 220 mm-hmm. with 12 homers and 26 RBI. Jordan, I think you just answered your own question. Moreno's hitting 347 with one home run and 22 RBIs. Jordan from Vancouver. Look, he, he, here, here's the thing. No. Um, the, the it's Jays not fair have, to them, probably. Well, it's not fair to them. And the Jays have been very clear with Gabriel Moreno that they want him to go down and they want him to. They, they wanted to spend it, basically spend as much of this year as possible learning to be a catcher on a day-to-day basis because he's had his season interrupted the past Quite couple Quite frankly, years. they want him to and fail at hurt. the minor league level so he can figure yeah. out how to go through it. And Arelvis Martinez is is not – I mean, don't even bother wasting your time thinking about Arelvis Martinez. He ain't coming up here this year. I mean, he's not. He's not replacing Matt Chapman. He's not replacing Santiago Espinal. Not real he's sure. He's not replacing – Not real sure. Two more right-handed hitters. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's exactly what that's they That's the need. other thing. Like, I, do, sure. do we want more right-handed hitters? Uh, yeah. Especially ones without a track record. Wow. Uh, I, uh, I I don't think so. But look, people. Hey, people. People are going to ask if this keeps going. When do you bring up guys from the minors? They're here. Bradley Zimmer is here. Zach Collins was here. I'm sure that's why you're seeing the lineup shuffled around the way it is because they got what they got. Yeah, trying to figure out ways to to get everybody jump started. 
It's not the easiest thing to do. It's not the easiest thing to, to give a guy confidence. And that's what they don't have right now. Again, you ask every hitter that's failed. They'll tell you all the same thing. Confidence-wise, I don't have this. What did Bo Bichette say to Hazel before he got dunked on when he hit the two homers? I found my swag. Yeah. I have swag now. Does Vladdy have that? Does Teoscar have that? Does Lourdes have that? Dave Anthony has a uh, kind of, has an interesting question. Um, we just have a few minutes left, but you know we talk a lot about body language. Mm-hmm. How much of an effect does body language have? And, I, and what Dave is asking is, okay, you're on the mound. Here comes Vladdy. Like do, uh, do pitchers, do pitchers read body language? Do players read body language? Would you read the body Cur- language Curtis of Lascanic a pitcher? Curtis was a pitcher that I played with with the Brewers. And I was yeah. playing pool with him one time, and I was struggling. I, you know, I couldn't hit a ball for tea. I was figuring. I was trying to figure it out, and I was shooting pool. Mm-hmm. And it's always best to ask the pitcher. Yeah. And he looked right at me, and he says, you're beat on the on-deck circle. And I said, how do you know that? He said, I can look over there and tell by your body language. I, again, I've never pitched at the big league level, but I can just tell you what a big league established pitcher told me that, you know, it's John Olerud. Remember John Olerud? You could never tell by looking at him whether he's 0 for 40 or 40 for 40. Yeah. This entire Blue Jays team looks like they're 0 for 40. Absolutely. To Dave's point, is that Dave? Yeah. To Dave's point, absolutely. Could you read a pitcher's body language? I could. Ryan Barucki, the prime example of that. When push comes to shove, it's sometimes it's got to be a little of that me against you. Forget about who's in the bullpen. That's what I said. The energy level from the pen to the mm-hmm. mound has got to get better for him. Forget about the stuff. He's got good enough stuff. It's that when when that me against you, I'm facing a really good hitter. They're, they're occasionally, you just got to show some vinegar I, on the mound. And a lot of times, he doesn't do that. And I got to say this. that I have not watched a lot of the St. Louis Cardinals. But, you know, I watched Ryan Helsley come out of the dugout. Mm-hmm. I'm looking. This is a guy 15 of 28 at bats against right-handed batters. He struck them out. I, and, and I watched him come out in the, the you use the word mojo that, that he had. Yeah, Confidence is, is 90% of it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Blue Jays hitters have zero unless Santiago Espinal is at the plate. Yeah, and uh, our big fear, of course, is that it eventually trickles over to the bullpen. Maybe it already is. Fingers crossed. That's it for Blair and Barker today. We'll be doing Blue Jays talk immediately following tonight's game. We will be back from 10 to noon Eastern tomorrow on 59360. As always, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Have a great day.